0: In today's live stream we're going to be talking about what you should do if your back flares up. We've got the gyms opening up around the corner and people are no doubt going to be getting back into physical exercise so we wanted to take the time to cover what should you guys be doing if your back pain happens to flare up over the next couple of weeks. Some tips, some tricks and hopefully you guys are gonna find this really really helpful. Hopefully you won't ever need this video but if you're watching it right now there might be a chance if this is a couple of weeks from now that you do need it there are gonna be some really good tips in today's live stream. As always if 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 you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. We do these live streams every single weekday. Uh, They're there to help you guys. At the end of every single one, we'll have that Q&A as always. Lara's the other side of the camera, so she'll be taking your questions down as we're going through today's topic. If you've got any questions about the topic, maybe you've had a flare up, or maybe you know someone that has and you wanna ask some questions, please do post those in the comments and we'll get to those at the end of the live stream. With that being said, let's get into today's video. Okay guys, so we've got the topic for today, what to do if your back flares up. A little bit of the schedule on the side here and we'll go through it on the whiteboard as well. We're gonna cover very, very briefly. This isn't the main topic for today, but it's gonna be why did it happen and just a little on delayed onset. We've done this in other videos so we can talk about why the back pain has come on in the first place. Uh, In other videos, we'll touch on it very, very briefly. We wanna really get into um, how you should approach these flare ups, both mentally and physically. What should you be doing? if you do have a flare depending on which phase of recovery you're in and if you're familiar with our back in shape program we've kind of added in one there phase zero and that's if you're not doing the back and shape program and you just kind of you've just injured yourself or re-injured yourself and you've been floating about the internet trying to figure out what to do so that would be phase zero phase one is our standard phase one um we've got the booklet up there over my shoulder phase two and phase three are a little bit more advanced they're building some strength etc and phase three really um having a good time with some of those uh, enjoyable workouts so uh, if you're watching this video post in the comments below what phase you're on uh, no doubt i'll be interested to see what phase some of you guys are in and we can discuss that a little bit more with reference to your phases as we go through today's live stream and then we'll talk a little bit at the end about moving on with rehab beyond that and some q a as always and just so you guys know if you do hear some strange noises it sounds like it's jurassic park here uh with some of the some of the things going on inside london so apologies for that in advance if you guys can hear any of that so uh what are we going to go through first I just wanted to cover why did it happen? Why might that relapse have happened? Um, And in in many cases, those of you guys that have watched our videos before, you'll start to understand this. But I just wanted to cover a few topics because we see patients in the clinic and some of our members as well, uh, more recently, but patients in clinic over the years, where they've had relapse. They come into the clinic and I don't know what's happened. My back's gone, blah, blah, blah. And we go, okay, don't worry. What did you do? I don't know. I just woke up like this or something to that effect. And then maybe a session after that or a week later, they say, oh, yeah, my boss had me working 18-hour days last week, and that's why... My back, I think, was sore. Or, oh, I decided the other day to do, you know, two eighteen hole uh, holes of golf with my friend who's over from America, and I think we just overdid it. And I just totally forgot when I was when I was in with you the other week. So these little things can happen, and the biggest problem with our lower backs is that they don't. You don't think about it at the time that it happens. Um, you don't think at the time you're doing that particular thing that it's a problem it's because you wake up and you feel that pain the next day and that is what really catches you out that's where you think i haven't done anything this morning i just got out of bed why am i in pain and i've just put a few on the board for you guys to have a think about we've got a long bike ride an abnormally long bike ride it's lovely weather you pop out for the first time you go on a 50k cycle and all of a sudden the next day you know why do i feel sore um a long, a long walk. Maybe you've gone along the beach with the dogs for you know three hours, you've been down to the coast, lovely day. Next morning, oh, I'm not feeling so good back to work or change of work. We saw this explicitly and people almost having loading bars on their face expression when the uh, lockdown started because they think I'm just at home all day. Well, the the routine, the daily stresses and strains on our spine are very, very different when we have a different working environment. Maybe we go from sitting all day to standing or from having that standing desk at work and now we're pinned in a rubbish IKEA chair on a kitchen table having to do live streams from, from your home. You know, all of these things can have an impact on our back and they aren't immediately obvious. But they're things to have a look about. And maybe a long day in the garden. You know, it's that time of year where people are going to start harvesting some of the fruit in the garden. Um, you know, and all those sorts of things. So you might be, have been down picking strawberries off the ground, you know, all afternoon yesterday, and that that's maybe why you're feeling a little bit sore today. So just immediately cast your mind back to what you've done over the last couple of days and think: was there anything abnormal or slightly more intensive than you otherwise would have done? And that can maybe be why. In a lot of ways. It kind of doesn't matter for today's topic because this is all about what are you going to do going forwards and it doesn't matter whether it was a ride or whether it was a time in the garden or whether it was sitting in the office all day all day it really doesn't matter it's what are we going to do going forwards and that's where we want to talk about phase zero to one phase two and phase three where are you i'll start off at the beginning because that's going to be the most most sort of logical starting point i suppose more than anything else um phase zero to phase one You've just injured your back or maybe you've just come across our back in shape uh, protocols and you're in the phase one work if you have unfortunately, why are you in phase one we want to understand first and foremost we're in phase one because we've injured our back we've most freak, most often if you've watched any of our other videos we've got an ongoing back issue where we've got poor flexibility in in these hip joints okay, okay in the hip joint, not a dislocated hip. We've got poor flexibility in these hip joints. They're not working quite as well as they should be, so the back is doing more of the movement as we're bending and moving around. Maybe we've got a flat lordosis. We've lost some of this and we're driving more pressure through the discs. We've got maybe some poor core control. We don't have the appropriate stability through our midsection, which is why this back pain has come on in the first place. Well, in the early parts of phase zero to phase one, we haven't really changed any of that consciously yes we're able to engage the core more but there's no change in strength there we may have made some improvement in flexibility some minor improvements in flexibility because we've only been doing them for a few days or so and therefore we haven't had much of a change there so the stiffness is still there to a degree we've uh, periodically reduced the inflammation in that lower back through things like the towel exercise and the icing and that helps but the fundamental reasons and and structures that are there to protect your back and the reasons that it's gone haven't really changed all that much. So if you flare up in phase one, phase two, you just need to be careful. Go back to the script, go back to the exercise routine. You should be doing that three times a day, the icing watch some of the educational videos. This phase one is and always will be free for everyone. So if, you, if you're if you struggling, if you're waiting for an appointment with the NHS or you can't get a consult with your local osteopath, physio or chiro, the phase one is there as almost a public service and, and anyone can access it and it'll be free for everyone forever. So that information is there to help you guys maybe go back in and remind yourself of a few of those things that Mistakes you might be making that are stopping your recovery. So go back there and check that if you have this this relapse in, in phase one or before that. Now, as we start to move into phase two, it starts to become a bit more interesting. Because phase two is we're actually starting to change things. Number one, we've got more control. We're developing more control over our body. Number two, we've actually been doing the stretching for long enough to maybe we're starting to see some stretch or flexibility improvements in these hips here. This, you know, these are you know, They're starting to get a little bit more uh, flexibility to those hips. So those hips can take more of the load than the back. And we're getting some healing taking place in that time frame as well. Plus, things are getting a bit stronger now. It's better to have a relapse further on phase two, because if you have it in the first week of phase two, then you haven't made as much improvement. But as you start to get through phase two and further on into phase three, those strength improvements and that control improvements in the core stability and the leg muscle engagement and the movement patterns that you're developing through things like the squats are starting to st- stay with you. You're going to have those permanently. So you're not you're not the same person you were when you have that relapse. And this is a really important thing to note because relapses with back pain, especially if you've had it for many many years or months, can really be quite demoralizing and mentally it, it, you feel like oh my back to square one, my back to square one, and the case is no. You know, it, it, we find this time and time again, some people will have little ups and downs as they're going through the, uh, the, 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 the back in shape process All when they're in the clinic uh, having treatment and, and, you know, over the years you see this and the time it took them to make progress the first time we started treatment or the first time they started the back in shape was very, very slow because we had to overcome all sorts of hurdles. But after that first relapse or when they have that relapse, the recovery process is incredibly quick. We have that knowledge which, you can't be, which can't be taken away from you. And you have those movement patterns and you have that phase one routine to fall back on briefly before we go back into phase two. And you've got that strength, protection and control that is with you forever. So from a mental standpoint, although it can be very demoralizing, as we start to get into phase two and phase three, unless you're really, really, silly or or negligent with with, you know you've decided to go trampolining for the first time in 20 years you know only when you started phase two two weeks ago well you know I'm sorry but that's kind of your fault if you do that okay (laughs) it's not a good idea Um, but the average person that's just a little bit unfortunate you're not going to get knocked back that far and the, the bounce back is so much faster in that phase two and then even faster still in phase three if we do happen to overcook it and and really there's there's a few areas where we can overcook it and have flare ups and Generally, if you've got past the early parts of phase two, the next place you're going to overcook it is going to be phase three because it actually gets a lot more enjoyable. It's good, they're good fun workouts. And obviously some of you guys will have, will have seen the email that went out this weekend or on Friday about the new workout routine that's being launched for phase three uh, later this month. I think it was the twenty. do you say the 20th of July? 20th of July, that might be already out when you're watching this. Um, but you've, you've made progress is the point here. Now, what should you do? When you, have, when you have a relapse or have a flare-up, if we're in phase two, we wanna take a step back to phase one for a few days, one or two days, especially if we're, we're in sort of the first two or three weeks of being in phase two. Go back to phase one, two or three days, and then feed back in phase two at around about 75% of where you were. If you were doing the three sets of 10 reps, then just do three sets of maybe seven reps. Just that first day back in after you've had the three, two or three days of phase one, Make sure you're doing your icing. Make sure we're diligent and cautious a little bit careful, and then after you've done that for two or three days, you go back up to the 100% and you'll be fine. You'll carry on and there'll be no problems. Again, if you're in the premium membership, you guys know you can message us in the Facebook group. That's why it's there to give you guys support and a little bit of extra guidance. But these are principles that you can generally follow and adhere to, which will make you much, uh, much, much more autonomous. And and you'll feel a little bit more comfortable and hopefully a bit empowered to be able to deal with these things without getting too distressed. So as we move into phase three, it becomes... Um, more, more powerful you've made more progress your body is very strong you're doing some exercises actually that require a good degree of control strength and dynamic dynamic stability so even if we do have a silly little relapse um, you know we've told you guys over some of the live stream stories in the past where patients have had just unfortunate events happen to them. We can't put you in a test tube and prevent life from happening. We have to get out there and do things. That's part of living. But occasionally we do have a little relapse. Something unavoidable happens. And if you're in phase three, you really are in a much, much different place. Many of you guys who are going through the phase one, two, three process in the premium membership will know this. You'll know that your body is very different to what it was when you started the process. Some people are, are joining and then they've had a good number of months or even years of this process problem and you can really feel the difference in your own body compared to what it was before. There may be a long way to go, but you can see that you've come a long way and therefore a relapse, a minor flare-up at this point is not the same as starting from square one. So when you're in phase three, it really is a different ball game. Same advice goes though. Back off a moment because we have flared it up a little bit. We've nicked that injury. It's just flared up a touch. We want to just give it that little bit of breather just for a moment. One, two, three days, phase one, three times a day, keep mobile, keep walking, keep upright, good posture, icing as well. And then go back in around about 75% of what you were doing of of your phase three routine. Don't go back to phase two, phase three routine and then build it up slowly over the next five, three to five days to build back up to where you were and then tentatively move on. Some people at that stage, because the workouts are a little bit more uh, challenging, a little bit more CV orientated, you might feel like you want to just get back up to the 100% and then just plateau there for a week and then push on. That can be a sensible approach. But you really, the one thing we wanted to get across to you guys, when your back pain flares up, it's, it's, it's so rare for someone to come into the clinic over the years or be a part of the back and check membership site to have a completely linear, crystal clear, clean process of recovery. They always have some little bumps in the road and that's entirely normal. Again, we can't put you in a test tube. I've done a lovely little drawing of an average recovery process over here. Just a little graph. Obviously we've got time and and 100% being at the top. You know, and, and the red is while you're in phase one, you start to feel a little better, maybe you have a little, little bit of a bad day. And then we move into phase two, we're doing well, we have a little bit of a bump, We make a little bit of quick progress, then a little bit of stagnation, then a drop, and then, and then progress again. So that is a completely normal pathway to recovery. Uh, it's something that you can expect, you can look forward to. The challenges just remind you sometimes that the pain is there, that there's still a weakness there. And the one thing we have to remember is when we're dealing with things like disc injuries or spondylosis or spondylolisthesis, some of these more challenging issues or arthritis in the spine, there is a little bit of remodeling that needs to take place. There's re-strengthening of the soft tissues that needs to take place that will be happening once you're out of pain or substantially lower pain levels. So we still need to be careful. We're still not back to fighting fit from a strength point of view. That's why we don't just let you have free reign with all sorts of exercises in phase three. We do want to keep it controlled to make sure that there is a bit of structure to those exercises for you guys so you don't go too far astray and end up hurting yourself and adding on exercises like you know, backward bends uh, in yoga, like the bridge or or doing trampolining, like I mentioned earlier, or handstands. Uh, You know, we don't wanna do any of that just yet. We wanna allow those tissues to regain their strength. So that's very, very important. That's why we give you the guidance. The last thing I wanted to just touch on just before we get into Q&A is we are aware, as I think I said at the start of this video, that the gyms are opening in the next few weeks. Big warning there. We will cover this in a lot more detail on Friday. Uh, on the live stream, but just wanted to finish today's live stream before we get into the Q&A with a little story. I was doing a little workout with my brother uh, just yesterday. Um, we were doing some tire flips, which is where you flip a big tractor tire. It's the first time I've done any sort of lifting uh, weights really uh, in since, since lockdown started. And my forearms are absolutely awful today. And I wanted to just stress when we do end up going back to the gym or taking a step up from phase two to phase three, don't misattribute uh, miss normal DOMS, what's called delayed onset muscle soreness, which is what I'm feeling right now in my forearms when I try and do up my laces or, or grab something. You can feel they're sore and uncomfortable. Don't mistake DOMS for a flare-up. Delayed onset muscle soreness is something you want to be mindful of. We might start getting that a little bit in the legs as we increase the intensity, especially in this new uh, phase, phase three routine that's gonna be coming out. You're gonna feel that a little bit in the leg muscles, a little bit more. So we wanna make sure we're still doing our stretching. We're not neglecting our stretching in the latter stages, but don't confuse DOMS for a flare up in the back. If you don't deal with DOMS well, then you're going to get a flare up, but we'll talk more about that on Friday's live stream. So with that, Q&A. okay awesome
1: good afternoon everybody okay so um Alex on YouTube said that he is doing a mix of phase one and phase two at the moment yep and he said that was me when you're going when you were going through why did it happen I don't know whether that was maybe a long bike ride or a long walk that he did yeah. but he said that that was him yeah it was a cycle oh okay <laughs> was it was a cycle <laughs> yeah, was, all right yeah. uh, I think I think we all kind of do it especially when the oh, we do overdo and, it when the weather is so and you, good you as don't
0: well. know it's beautiful weather cycling is great in the summer you know I, I i'm not a cyclist but i can really appreciate uh you know that it would be lovely to get out on the bike and, and especially if you're living in a place where the traffic's not too bad like london
1: yeah know, um, absolutely. you
0: can really enjoy yourself
1: okay alex sparks has asked can can one exercise oneself to the point of being able to avoid surgery great question
0: yeah i think that's that's generally the goal for quite a few actual members uh, of the back in shape and patients to come and visit us yes uh you know they've they've come in and they've said look um i've tried all these therapies in the past i've got a scheduled surgery date maybe it's in six weeks time maybe it's in 12 weeks time or something like that uh we normally as a default for the patients we will say do not fiddle with that surgery date leave it there don't don't you don't need to worry about that L- leave it in don't cancel it or anything like that and we'll go through and do what we can everything we can from a non- non-invasive point of view to to hope hopefully get to the point where one week before the surgery you could say do you know what call up the surgeon, I don't need this, I feel okay. And your surgeon will most likely be incredibly pleased about that. Because really most of the guys that we're speaking to nowadays that that we liaise with from a clinical point of view, they don't wanna have to do surgery. They want you guys to be able to get better at home. They want you to be able to do appropriate rehab. And the the, the silver lining, so to speak, is if you go through these protocols, you get stronger, you support your body better. You might get to the point where you go, uh, or or there's, more than enough examples where we've had patients where they've not elected to do the surgery as a result of making improvement but even if you do your body is in a stronger position therefore the prognosis after surgery the rehab after surgery is going to be much easier your body is stronger it's going to be able to deal with the stress of going through surgery more effectively your bounce back from that is going to be more effective as well it's similar to they get people uh who are going to have things like gastric bypass uh, gastric bands and those sorts of surgeries, they want to lose weight first because it's gonna make things better in the outcome afterwards. And if we've got a stronger core, a strong, stronger muscles and more flexibility, even if we did end end up having surgery, then we're gonna do better afterwards. Okay,
1: just following up with Alex there, she said, I've been struggling for three months and see a little progress uh, and the MRI comes up on Wednesday. Okay.
0: Let's have look yeah have a chat and and have a chat if if you've um, i'm assuming you have a follow up appointment with with your surgeon or your or your physician or your gp you know let them know how things have been going with your with your rehab as well they'll hopefully have some 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 valuable information to say
1: yeah absolutely um and sure. Alex if you if you want a second opinion you can always be. we always offer the virtual consultation yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of side yeah. note there um okay sarah on youtube uh, on facebook sorry has said is there a simple way of knowing the difference between doms and a relapse
0: Yeah, uh, it's difficult. Um, So if you're someone that gets sort of uh, sharp pain Sharp pain down the leg, for example, that sharp shooting static pain, or that pain that's locally in the lower back. Maybe it's sort of uh, just down the bottom here. And you've done. Let's let's just suppose you've moved on to phase three, and you're doing some of those banded lunges. Uh, your DOMS is going to be all down the leg. It's going to be in the glutes. It's going to be in the muscle belly. When you poke the muscle muscle belly, it's going to be sore. Like if I if I poke in here, it it's 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 bruised. It feels bruised. It, you will be able to tell the difference on a little bit of prodding and a bit of investigation and a little bit of comparative um, evaluation you you will be able to be able to tell the difference uh, especially if you've got that sharp pain now some people do have a little bit more throbby achy pain and it's a little bit more achy in the muscles and that's when it's a little bit more difficult but what you should start to notice especially in phase two and phase three is those sorts of symptoms will go down and then they will slightly return they'll generally also be more symmetrical than maybe they were when you were experiencing the pain maybe on that left butt cheek and, and down the left thigh you might notice that actually the the doms is a little bit more symmetrical down both sides because both sides have been worked hard so that that's kind of how you can tell it's easier if you've got sharp shooting pain because doms does not feel like that yeah and you'll know the difference
1: and sometimes doms can be strangely satisfactory you almost yeah. feel like you've had a really good workout
0: yeah yeah it is good it is good i just wasn't anticipating i did so um, i mean this is this is for you guys to, to know I, I did so little I mean, we, we did very, very few tire flips, but I haven't done it in such a long time that it, it's it's quite a shock. And, and many of you that maybe have been to the gym in the past, you know, some, some of the members that have been regular gym goers, you're going to notice that a lot when you go back in. So we'll definitely keep you guys updated. We'll maybe do a special live stream when we go back into the gym, when Laura and I go back into the gym, just to let you guys know. The, the sorry state of affairs that we're in <laughs> as a result of that and just for you guys to know that it's normal.
1: Okay cool so getting into uh, a, a Jimmy question and um, Ollie has asked when back in the gym how often would you recommend progressing the exercises 10% more weight every month uh, also good.
0: Yeah, what I normally do is about 10%. Um, yeah. I've been doing all of last year, I did a a nice sort of plateau. So I'd put the weight up by 10% and then sit on that for a month and then put it up and then sit on that for a month. This is much more relevant to, to the gym guys and also those in phase three. Once you get into phase three, you've got really limitless capabilities with those bands. Um, you know, you, you, you sit on your routine, you get up to that five by 15 routine and then you sit on that for a month and then you knock the band resistances up and then you sit on that and then you knock them up and you sit on that and that's the best way to progress until you get to a nice point where you are comfortable um, uh, with with the routine. You think, do you know what? This is enough. You don't have to have endless endless improvement. Um, you know, there is a point where enough is enough. You've got a good level and we want to then change the way we work out. Once we've got to that point, it becomes a little less necessary to be working out seven days a week because we've, we've moved beyond that and we're really... It becomes more appropriate to do things like four to five days on with two or three days of stretching uh, only and it gives your body time to recover
1: okay Joe uh, has asked... into that in more Oops, detail um, Joe has asked when getting back into the gym should we carry on with the same weight as before or start with a lower weight
0: no I mean to get to give a a, a guidance from for me anyway what I'll be doing I'll be going back in around about 60 percent um, so the first first week or so I'll be at 60 percent. Um, of what I was doing before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just going to jump back over to YouTube. Alex has uh, has asked, how often do you come across SIJ uh, laxity and can it be differentiated from a disc bulge? I have a notion that my SIJ is going when I lift something or I'm bending over.
0: Um, so I'm not... The the approach that we have in the clinic or, or I have it to um, the sacroiliac joint dysfunction is really... Quite limited. A lot of the and we did a live stream directly on the sacroiliacs. It might be worth checking that out. And I pointed to some research which was talking about the 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 sheer inability and inaccuracy when physically examining the sacroiliac joint. It's so the inter-rater reliability when two different practitioners are looking at the sacroiliac joint is just so poor. They really can't tell movement and they can't tell those things. That being said, one thing that is clear is that when we have the lumbar spine and we reduce the lordosis we create instability in the sacroiliacs if there's any leg length issues then that's going to impact things so you're quite right you might well feel that there is a degree of instability maybe on the one side versus the other if there's a leg length issue as well you're you're creating a vulnerability there's, there's the 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 way in which sacroiliacs work is they tilt forwards into that position to prime it compresses and, and stiffens up this joint so it red is ready to transmit force and when it's tucked under it's more mobile the one thing we do find is a lot of people that have recurrent back pain have um i I would say from experience this is just anecdotal but the number of patients we see with recurrent back pain more often than not and i don't have a percentage for you guys but more frequently it is a reduction in lumbar curve and that is going to lead to that unlocking or uh, or destabilizing the sacroiliac uh complex if you will Mm And therefore, what what Alex is referring to in terms of that feeling of instability there, you can't really treat the sacroiliac joint. You can't do anything to it functionally. You have to affect it from coming top and and bottom down. So you can affect the hip mobility and you can affect the lumbar spine position, but you can't really do anything to the sacroiliac. You can't uh, flex your sacroiliac joint. You can't extend your sacroiliac joint. You you can't really do those things. So you, you have to really look at how this is working and how this hip joint is working. And that's yeah. where I'd go with those things. Um,
1: if, if you just keep the spine up, yep. um, when, when I do like a heavy leg day, I, yeah. I always say to you, I get that tension sort of yeah. feeling here. Um, and you always say, well, if, if, you know, it's coming from the lower back, and mm. on the towel. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right, because that is just one solid bone. This bone yeah. doesn't move, there is- Yeah, the,
0: quite often lower lumbar pain will refer to the sacroiliac or, or people will call it the coccyx area, etc. If you for you to injure this actual and we're going a bit off, off the topic of the sacroiliac, which is the joint between yes. the this white bone and this and this orange bone, but quite often people will feel it in the sacrum. In order for you to injure your sacrum, I mean, that's like basically breaking your femur. That's quite a serious injury. You would have had to have some serious blunt force trauma straight onto here and the thing would be seriously damaged. So you can't really injure any of those segments uh per se. Just worth noting. But quite often lumber lumbar injuries refer down to that. Yes
1: interesting okay perfect um so karen has asked here uh if you know you're going to be doing something different one day i.e. going for a long drive or a long walk is there anything you can do to prepare yourself
0: um if you're going for a long drive uh less so it's more about after the long drive so you guys all have phase 1 routine you'll notice that at the end of all of the phase 2 and phase 3 routines we've got that same little routine to keep those hip muscles mobile to decompress the lumbar spine and where necessary we can incorporate icing same thing you go for a long drive you go for a long cycle i've had a few negotiations with a few guys that particularly enjoy cycling um of late um if you're watching this you'll know who you are going back into cycling um some more seriously than others um and the agreement is that look if you're going to do this as long as you are happy to get off that bike do your stretching do your towel do your ice then we can we can agree that you're going to do it going forwards but we have to do our care of self and that's really really important
1: just with the driving, can you place mm-hmm. something like a rolled-up towel in, yeah. in uh, for, for like a lumbar support?
0: Yeah, a small rolled-up towel. So I mean, this is a little bit too small the the, the eraser, but a a kitchen towel that one might use, uh, a hand towel in the bathroom is probably going to be a little bit too large, but maybe okay. And remember, um, a lot of the car ones that they have, if you've got some of the cars, they'll have the lumbar lumbar support built in. They're often too low. They're kind of supporting you here, and you need to get them to that top height. Remember. These two bony bits at the base of the spine come up about an inch and it should be just above there. Okay, in this region here, the L5, L4 region of your spine, that's where we should really be supporting. So make sure if, you, if you've if you got a car that has lumbar support, move it up.
1: Okie dokie, awesome. I think that's all the questions for today. That's brilliant, awesome. yeah, awesome. all done.
0: But hopefully you guys found today's live stream helpful. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing uh, and and sharing this with anyone else that might find it useful, especially if you know someone that's had a flare-up recently, do do please consider sharing it with them because hopefully it'll help them avoid. Really, the the, the big thing with flare-ups is the psychological impact, especially if you don't know what's going on. It can really be quite uh, disheartening, Uh, unnecessarily so in a lot of cases. So hopefully you found today helpful. Just a little reminder, we do have the Uh, Venom competition still going on we're going to be announcing that on Friday so super excited to announce the winner of that one we will need to then obviously contact you guys and get it shipped out to you so uh, that'll be exciting we'll be announcing that on Friday but until then have a great afternoon we will see you guys tomorrow with another live stream.